Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Ditch the Classroom podcast. So excited to be here today with Emmy Kissinger. She is was a school psychologist and she is now a social media manager. So I'm super excited to have her here today to kind of share her journey with you. Welcome, Emmy. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. Yeah, of course. So let's just get started with the basics. Can you kind of share your education journey a little bit with us? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I went, you know, right through high school and straight into college. And um, from there, started working at a like a daycare um, school aged program and thought that I really wanted to spend more time in education based on those experiences and wanted to be an advocate for change in children's lives. So that's kind of why I decided on the school psychologist path. And so I got my graduate degree, took two years, and then I hopped right into my career. And that first year as a school psychologist, so I got pregnant during my graduate training, got married very shortly thereafter, and then started my new job, had my baby, went back after eight weeks, and did five more years of torture is probably not the right word, but feeling like I really wanted to be with my baby more and have more um, just time freedom. But, you know, no, just felt like I had to stay kind of tied to that license and that career because that's what I had been, you know, trained to do. And so decided I wanted something else after I had my daughter and ran with it. (laughs) That's awesome. So I can feel your pain just myself because I I mean, I got pregnant my third year of teaching and just imagining having to leave her in daycare or in someone else's care while I went back to the classroom, like hurt my heart so much. So I can totally, you know, feel your pain and it is kind of equivalent to torture for some people. (laughs) Yeah. Your heart's calling you to make some different life choices and feeling like you don't really have the space or the ability to do that. I think it can be a really, really hard time or a mom or somebody who's a parent. Yeah, I completely agree. I know your pregnancy was a big push for you to ditch your position in the school. Was there anything else that really was pushing you towards that? Um, I definitely wanted more time freedom. I really wanted to be able to you know, just watch my kids grow up and be able to take them to different activities and be able to pick them up from school and Also, I just really had a very strong desire to grow my own business. I had seen my dad grow his own business, so saw that as a reality and something that was possible, but took really, really hard work. So I was willing to kind of just continue to grow it on the side, even though it was hard. Well, I made that transition. Awesome. Yeah, I... I completely feel you on wanting the time freedom. I think a lot of people don't realize that as teachers, we're not available 
the same times that our kids are having these events in their schools. So if they're having a Thanksgiving party or some, just some sort of class party, you can never go because you've got your own class party going on or whatever. So having that, that time freedom and that flexibility. And also I know personally, if I got my work done on like a professional development day at school, I still had to sit there and like wait for them to allow me to leave the building where having Mm -hmm. your own business, you have the freedom to say, okay, I'm done for today. Now I can go hang out with my kids or whatever. So yes, 100%. And I know there's a lot of special education teachers out there who are in kind of a similar situation and have all those IEP meetings after school. And so again, you have to, you have to stay after school, even as a teacher, it's not like you're getting out at 315. There's meetings that last till five, six o'clock at night that you are expected to stay for and sacrifice the time with your family and your kids. Yeah, definitely. Can you share a bit about your journey from deciding to leave education and then leading up to where you are now? Yeah. Okay. So right after I had my son, like I said, I kind of had this desire to do something else, but I wasn't I don't think in a mindset or a space where I really knew how to actually bring money in to make up for my income. So I started a blog and uh, tried to grow that because there was lots of different things out there about how a blog will help you <laughs> become free from your day I did job. The same thing. <laughs> so I started a blog and uh, that went nowhere. It was many years of just writing things inconsistently, posting on social media once in a while, making collaborations with people and just I don't know, just kind of testing the waters, I guess, but learning marketing at the same time, which was really helpful. And so from there, decided to hire somebody to help me figure out how I could make money, I guess. <laughs> I was willing to make the investment at that point because I was really struggling mental health-wise. After having my daughter, I was able to stay home with her for 20 weeks, which was glorious because I had her right at that beginning of March where I was able to you know, be done and then have the whole summer off, which was really, really great and beautiful and such a blessing. But also led to such a strong attachment that I was like, going back to work is going to be so hard. So I was like, this is the year I'm going to make it happen. So I hired a coach, which was extremely helpful. She kind of turned me on to the world of freelancing and how it was kind of maybe a quicker path than a blog or could even complement a blog and allow me to make some money from home. And once I hired her, I was able to make about a little over $600 within about two weeks, which was like, oh my gosh, I did not realize this was possible. And I was like, coaching is helpful and effective, which is awesome. And I think one of the keys to success. So I'm really grateful for what you're doing and supporting your, you know, the teachers who come to you. And from there, I was, I just kind of kept growing slow and steady. So I stayed at my day job and, um, have continued to grow and just kind of take clients on with referral. And then also if I've decided like over the summer, I was able to kind of pick up some more clients by doing some pitching and just kind of grow a little bit over time. I think that's one of the keys to success. If you're not quite secure enough to like leave behind your job, it's okay to grow a little bit at a time. And I think social media management really helps with that because It's something that really can just take you 15, you know, to 30 minutes a day if you're going to do organic posts for clients. You can just, I create a plan at the beginning of the month and then each day I just, you know, post to their account. It's nothing complicated, nothing fancy. I have a few of those clients and I'm able to replace my income. So 
I mean, it's very doable with as a side hustle as you're like preparing and gaining momentum and getting ready. Because for me, financial security was really, really important on my journey. I didn't want to feel like I was leaving my family hanging at any point. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about it, I guess. Do you have any questions that come up after? So I do (laughs) want to dive in deeper to what kinds of things you do as a social media manager. But before we kind of get into that, I do want to mentioned, so you were talking about how you invested in a coach and how that was so helpful. And I think a lot of people get kind of caught up in investing money because they think just right off the bat, oh, I'm losing this money, but you're not losing it. You're letting it build on itself. So when you put in that investment and you put in that time on your investment, you're going to see usually if you put in that time and effort more than a hundred percent return. So it's not a loss. It's going Especially to, since you can take those skills with you even beyond the coaching, um, the coaching, uh, experience. So if you sign up for a month package, I don't know what your package offerings are, but you gain those skills during that month. You probably make back your investment during that month. And then you take those skills with you and you keep doing the same thing. So, I mean, the potential for growth is pretty incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when you were kind of going through this journey out of education, what would you say was the biggest thing that you had to kind of overcome? The biggest thing I had to overcome was uh, really developing a strong sense of self-discipline, which is something that seems kind of yucky and kind of hard and was really, really hard for me because in my job as a school psychologist, Everything has a timeline. There's a due date and a deadline on every single pretty much task that we do in our world. I mean, they're they're legally bound. It's not like it's optional, kind of like do this whenever you want or whenever it feels right. So you just get the work done, um, or at least that's how I operate as a professional. And so when you get to the freelance world, it's kind of like, I could pitch today. I could send five pitches or I could scroll on social media and uh, maybe build some relationships or just comment on other people's posts. And so um, just being able to actually decide that the tasks I set out for myself and the strategy I had as part of my plan was exactly what I needed to do in order to get where I wanted to go, in order to grow a business that was actually going to replace my income. That was hard for me. It required getting up early in the morning, even having while I had a small baby. And it was not an easy time by any means, but it was definitely worth it. And it was short lived. So um, it only took about, you know, three months of being able to like commit that energy outside of my work work day um, to get to where I kind of needed to be to feel comfortable and good. I love that. You actually just gave me another podcast idea. I want to go more (laughs) into like how to keep yourself accountable and held to getting these tasks done, especially when you're kind of doing it as a side hustle, trying to build it. It can be easy to get a little bit overwhelmed if you're like, oh, I'll just put that, push that to the next day. But when you have your own business, you have to remember kind of why you're doing this. For example, my why is my daughter. I want to be home with her. And so if I don't get shit done, I'm not going to be able to continue staying home with her. So having that in mind helps you really push to get the tasks done that you need to get. Yeah, 100%. And I think if you can see growth happening, like if you can see those dollar signs hitting your bank account, um, it becomes very worth it very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. And also too, at that point, you start to realize what tasks are leading to income. And so if you can do more of those, that's better. Yeah. So 
as a social media manager, can you kind of elaborate? Because I know what that means, but some of the people listening might not. Can you kind of talk about what what kinds of things you do for your clients? Yeah, so I specialize in organic social media management. I have I do do ads for a few clients, but mainly I have grown my business doing organic social media. So that's just any type of post that you might see on a local business account that you're following maybe in your hometown. And it means that there's like no paid spend behind it. It's just that that business has a social media account and I am connected to their account and I can post for them. So what I do is I create graphics, I write the social media copy that goes with those graphics, and I strategize a plan for the business. So every month, like I said, I come up with a outline of the things that we're going to be promoting and offering during that month. Any like sales or promotions, I collaborate with the owner of the businesses in order to come up with that content. And then I carry out and execute the plan for them. So it involves supporting them with facilitating live videos. Like I said, the graphic design, the writing. I don't really do a lot of growth strategy or engagement for my clients, mainly because I feel like that takes a lot of time. And if you use really engaging content and create great offers, the growth kind of comes with that. So um, if lots of people are liking the post, if lots of people are getting involved and excited about the things that you're sharing on social media, then you're able to quickly and easily kind of grow that social media following without using like growth hacking strategies per se. And let's see, is there anything else I do? I meet with my clients regularly. So I have a monthly meeting with them to go over the plan for the month. Other than that, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Making sure that and I guess watching the data too. So as a school psychologist, you, if, and if you're a teacher, you know that we're obsessed with data and like, you don't like us because of it. <laughs> but I watch the analytics a little bit and I make sure that what we're doing is working. And primarily that means looking at the actual page. What are people liking? What are people engaging with? What makes it keep people excited and continuing to replicate that type of content? Because that's really important. And there's no need to be posting a whole bunch of stuff that's really not resonating. Right. You want to keep their ideal client in mind. What is the, what is the ideal client wanting? You're not just posting just to post, you're posting to get these people wanting to purchase. So you got to keep what they're wanting in mind. Definitely. Yeah. And then I do create, we do a lot of live video, but then I also do some video creation too. I have a real estate client and videos have been really, really effective for them at selling homes. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do as a social media manager, I guess. That's cool. Yeah. So I did social media management for a little bit, but I think I did more of like the engagement piece. And like you said, it is a little bit time consuming and time specific, which I found hard because my daughter was a newborn at that time. So I didn't do that for very long, but I do have some experience. It's cool to kind of talk about it with you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Engagement is important. And um, like you said, it is time specific. So If you are looking for something, though, if you feel like if you're home with your kids and you need something to do when you're bound to a rocking chair and you can't talk to somebody or book calls, I mean, engagement isn't a bad place to start necessarily if you're just wanting to just do something from your phone, you know, while you're sitting around your house watching your kids. (laughs) It is a very easy task to do from your phone. I know some tasks you do need a computer to get done, but that that is something that you can easily do from your phone if you don't have 
access to a computer as much. Yeah, definitely. And there's plenty of people out there looking for help with engagement, believe me. (laughs) Yep. So are there any resources that kind of help you take the leap out of education? Yeah, I always like to say that I like got an MBA. That's in like quotations because I don't actually have an MBA. Um, But while I was driving around my last year as a full-time school psychologist, I was in the car three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening in order to be able to take my child to a daycare and get to my uh, schools that I was serving. Uh, So I listened to a massive amount of podcasts and audiobooks and was like, if I'm going to have to be in this car, I'm going to make the time meaningful. Uh, So one thing that my coach recommended to me uh, kind of right when I was at that place where I really needed the encouragement and kind of like the push to move forward with my my plan um, was the top five regrets of the dying. So it's kind of a sad book but will definitely put life in perspective for you if you're wondering what you should be doing with your time and how you should be spending your time in order to live a happy life that you don't have major regrets with at the towards the end of it. Another book that was super helpful for me is called The Third Door. And that helped me to realize that, you know, it's really important to make connections and to pivot in your business. So One of the things that happened to me that was sort of just like a coincidence or serendipity type situation was I was reading the third door book and I went to my massage therapist and I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to make this work. And I I might cry. (laughs) I don't know how I'm ever going to make this blog generate money. And I was listening to the third door at the same time. And she said, well, maybe there's something else. Maybe there's a third door. Maybe there's a way to make money that you're not seeing, but you, you know, is somehow aligned with what you're doing right now. And there totally was. And so that book kind of helped me to see that. And I had heard about that book on the don't keep your day job podcast. So uh, that was something I listened to religiously just to get that motivation and encouragement and keep it up because it's really hard when you're on a journey alone. And nobody like necessarily I wouldn't say that people didn't believe in me. But there were a lot of people that said you've got a great job. You have like great hours. You have summers off. There's so many things you should just be so grateful for. And I was, I was, I am still so grateful for the role that I played in that position, but I had a different vision for my life in mind. And I, I needed that motivation and support in order to do that. And so the don't keep your day job podcast definitely supported me in that way during that journey. But then too, just the coaching was really helpful. So I love, first of all, I took notes of those books you recommended because I'm a big (laughs) podcast and book nerd, like all the recommendations, um, I will take them. So I made a note of those, but I do love how you mentioned like when you were reading The Third Door and having that realization that there's other options because I was the same. So when I was due was right after the school year ended. So my plan was to take the first year of teaching off. And then during that year, after my daughter was a little bit older, I was going to nanny or deliver groceries, like just something to supplement income a little bit. But kind of that third door opened right when I didn't expect it to and got me into the world of freelancing. So it's always in God's perfect timing, I think. And Mm -hmm. he's always got your back and he he's just got a plan. So So that's cool. So can you kind of tell us what your average day looks like now? I mean, with COVID going on, it might be a little crazy, but yeah, Uh, thankfully, I mean, when you're working from home, things don't change that much, right? (laughs) Right. I was like, this isn't even different. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. No, things are a little bit different, but an average day in the life of a freelance social media manager involves making sure that my checklists are ready to go and making sure that my to-do lists, you know, have not missed anything. So I usually wake up, get my kids ready. I do utilize some daycare. My son is almost six, so he's in kindergarten this year, which actually I've found to be a really hard transition because it's like, this is a little bit of a side story, I guess, but like I came home to stay home with them and now he has left me for school. (laughs) Really, really sad. (laughs) But he's loving it, so that's really good. Uh, So I get the kids off to school. My daughter goes to daycare a couple days a week. And it's nice because she has kind of the same shortened day. It's not like she's there from 6 to 5 or something like that. She's just there the hours that I'm working. And I get home, I make my coffee, and then put together a few posts for clients, get those scheduled usually or pushed out. There's some stuff that I batch. So I have one LinkedIn client and I create all of their content on the same day and schedule it. So I always do that on Wednesdays. And then in the afternoons, I take a nice long lunch, cold laundry. (laughs) It's great. Yep, exactly. And do my meditation. So I'm like ready to roll for the rest of the day. And then I do my my writing in the afternoon. So there's some clients that I write their newsletter because our social media goals like have an outcome, I guess. So we want to grow their their email list as part of our plan. Mm-hmm. And so then I was able to pitch them on writing like a email newsletter and that type of thing. So I do my writing in the afternoons when my head is clear and I can do that. And then I pick my kids up and we have a fun evening together of play and outdoor time and it's nice because I'm not stressed out and burnt out at the end of the day like I was. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't have my daughter when I was still teaching. I kind Mm -hmm. of put that on pause when I had her, but I couldn't imagine coming home from the classroom as exhausted as I used to be and then having to have the energy to parent and play and all of that with her. So. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) Having those after school meetings and As people know, sometimes IEP meetings can get a little bit stressful, a little bit heated, and having to manage those situations and then come home to your family is a really hard thing at times. So Mm -hmm. it's nice. It's better now, definitely, to be able to just kind of have a fairly relaxing day working with people that I like working with and then transition to spending time with my family and being able to enjoy that time and not be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too, is freelancing. You get, you kind of get to pick who you work with, mm-hmm. whereas in the school, you don't get a choice. So <laughs> that's- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so if someone wanted to start their ditch the classroom journey, but they felt really overwhelmed by the thought of it, do you have anything that you would want to say to them? Um, I would say that you have to start taking action and you have to start taking action consistently and you have to have a strategy and a plan. So you have to have a reliable way to find freelance clients and then you have to be able to set aside the time to do that work once you have the clients. So just making sure that you have, you know, some strategies in your back pocket as far as being able to, you know, set that time aside however you need to do it, whether it's going into work a little bit early and getting that stuff done or staying a little bit late or fitting it in during bedtime. Different things work 
for every different person. I mean, I've never met someone who was like, oh, I structure my day as a freelancer the same as this other person does. I have a really hard time working with my kids here. I have a really hard time just kind of multitasking. I don't like the way that feels. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, try to separate those things out as much as I can. And that that's what works for me. But some people, it totally works to have their kids running around while they're working. It's not a big deal to them at all. So, you know, just got to figure it out and do what works, but you also have to be flexible. So yeah, you, if you do have to fit it into your like evening routine with your family, then you just need to be vocal about that. And I think let your kids know, even if they're very little and let your spouse know or your partner or whoever is helping you out that, you know, I have these goals and this is what I need to do. I need to be able to work for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever in order to get this social media post out at this particular time of day and just make it happen. Yeah. I think definitely letting those around you know what, like how you worded it. I love um, what your goals are and they're going to support you. They're going to give you those 15 minutes or half an hour that you need. And I am going to do an episode going more in depth on finding those pockets of time and how to utilize your time really effectively. So if you're listening and wanting more of like, well, how do I find all this time and what do I do with it? I'm going to go deeper into that. Great idea. So that was really, really helpful. Thank you. So, do you have any resources to share with my listeners to help them kind of start their digital classroom journey? Yes. Thank you so much for asking. I have a free webinar that they could access if they go to my website, which is emmykissinger.com, or you could find my link on Instagram, which is emmy underscore Kissinger. And it is a training that teaches how to um, do video pitching. So the way that I find freelance clients is I just think of somebody that I want to work with, whether that's someone local or a bigger company. And then I make them like a little video message, just like, hey, this is me and this is what I do. And this is how I think I could maybe help you out. And then I send it to them in an email and I've been really, really successful. That's how I've booked almost all of my clients it's fast, it's easy, and I think will help people get jump started a little bit. Yeah, that's really cool. So I've always just done like a regular email, but sending the video helps you come across as a real person, not just, I don't know, some spam. That's really cool. I like that idea. So I will have those links for y'all in the show notes, um, both her website, the link to the free webinar and her Instagram. So if y'all want to connect. Thank you so much. Hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. So do you have any closing thoughts? Mm, I think if you are called to this journey, just get started. I was listening to a podcast that said you have to be willing to go for it before you know how. That's not an exact quote, but you have to be willing to just put yourself out there. Something that I was thinking about when I heard that message was when I went out and started trying to find freelance clients, I didn't have a contract ready. I didn't have, you know, all of these. I didn't know how to be a social media manager necessarily. I was like, I'm ready. I need to make this happen and I'm going to learn as I go. And I was willing to just continue to dive in and do Google research and watch free videos and do whatever I had to do um, to then fulfill that role that I was uh, pitching to clients. But, you know, I just learned as I went and I think that's totally possible. But sometimes a, a hard thing to switch your mind over to when you are used to the traditional model of learning, which is, you know, I go to college, I learn how to do this, then I fulfill that role. So kind of a little bit of a switch, but that's what people in the business world do. They see what people need. And what I saw 
because when I first started pitching, I was like, I'm a blogger. I'm a social media manager. I'm like, I will do pretty much anything, <laughs> you know, um, obviously not that general, but people were like, I need help with social media. I need help with social media. So I was like, okay, I'll continue to learn that. And then it got to the point where I was like, this is what I'm, I'm really good at. And so then continue to just offer that service, but just will be willing to go for it. Just start somewhere and keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. You got to have the done, not perfect mentality mm-hmm. mentality. And just like you said, be willing to learn as you go. I mean, I think as teachers, we're really great at this because we're thrown all this different content that we're expected to teach and you just have to kind of learn it as you're going along teaching to the students. So this is where we can utilize those skills from the classroom in our businesses. Yes, 100%. Teachers are like the most incredible gift to this earth. (laughs) I don't know how you guys do what you do. I am consistently amazed, especially now having my child in school for the first time. I'm just like, how do you send these newsletters by email and you do all of these things? It's just incredible. And you take care of them. And the teacher like remembers when my son needs to try to go to the bathroom. I just, I'm, you guys are just the incredible. (laughs) There are not enough words. Yes. Teachers are just phenomenal human beings. So, well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate having you here and kind of sharing your wisdom and your journey with our listeners and myself. I've loved just chatting with you today. So thank you so much. It's mutual. I also enjoyed this. It was a great time and I hope we stay connected. Yeah, of course. For my listeners, I hope you have a great rest of your week. If you love this episode, make sure to leave a review on the podcast and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.